So I was raised a Christian, um, grew up knowing Christ, but I didn't have a relationship with Him. Uh, my parents were born-again Christians, and we were taught Christian values growing up, but I joined the military at 18 and left home and left that, left my relationship with Christ at home as well. John and I entered into a relationship. We were living worldly and we ended up getting married. The kind of relationship we had was an impure one and it was full of sin. We ultimately ended up getting divorced. Because we had a child together, that was the only reason we still had each other's phone numbers. I wanted to pursue more selfish ambitions. In 2014, it was really placed on my heart about what would happen to Jaden's spiritual influence if something happened to me. And it was at that point that I started praying and fasting over John's salvation. The opportunity arose for us to establish a friendship again. I ended up getting him a Bible. I had asked him if he would just start reading it. And he did, and then his life began to change. I just started really um, focusing on my relationship with God. And the Gulf Coast campus of Church of the King, um, when we first walked through its doors until now, um, we've known nothing but warm, welcoming, spiritual family that has walked with us through this entire journey. So this past November 1st, we were able to get married in front of our family and our spiritual family from Church of the King. We don't like to think about the relationship we had, because the relationship we had 10 years ago is nothing like what we have now. We're so different. We live our lives for Christ now, and back then we lived our lives for ourselves. Complete forgiveness, reconciliation, and restoration. There's a peace that's in our household that we never had before. We know that that's the Spirit of God. God can restore. He can fix anything. Yes, yes, yes. I love it, I love it, I love it. It is so powerful to see that God still does miracles. By the way, sometimes they're physical miracles, sometimes they're emotional, sometimes they're relational. How many of y'all are grateful that God still does miracles today? Come on, how many of y'all are grateful for that? Amen. Hey, I want to welcome all of our campuses, those that are joining us on the Gulf Coast, uh, at our South Shore campus, online, Facebook Live, all the men and women at the Orleans Justice Center, uh, as well as the St. Tammany Parish Jail. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. So excited to have you guys with us. Yes, we are kicking off uh, a brand new series. Uh, we're going to be going all the way right up to Christmas Eve. By the way, next week we'll start talking about uh, all the different services that we'll be doing uh, that weekend, uh, the whole Christmas Eve, going in the, through Christmas, uh, that whole season. Very excited about this time of the year. Love this time of the year. I love the holidays. Hence... The series title, it's a little bit different. It's called Holidays. The truth is, this is a wonderful time of the year. It's a time of fun. It's a time of hanging out. It's a time of family and football and eating and, and eating. Matter of fact, Thanksgiving Day is the only day you get extra credit for overeating. Isn't that true? And you can take a nap legally. 
Nobody's like, you're lazy. No, it's like you're supposed to do that. That turkey, what is it, tryptophan? I'm not sure. It just kind of puts you in a coma. It's awesome. It's a wonderful time of the year, but it's also a tough time of the year. I'll never forget I had a conversation with a lady uh, in our commons there in our four after one of the services a number of years ago. She said, Pastor, I do love the holidays as well, but it's become increasingly difficult for me because I lost my husband. Matter of fact, the holidays now is it's a mixed bag for me because in one sense, I'm excited to see people. I'm excited for all the different things and, and that spirit in the atmosphere, but it's also a reminder of what I don't have. It's actually becoming increasingly difficult year by year. Did, did you guys know this? This is interesting. I, 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 this statistic blows me away. But, but depression, people that struggle with depression, this is one of the heaviest times of the year. I mean, when people are high-fiving one another and, you know, you're pulling out all those sweaters and the fun and all that stuff, and there's different things on TV, and it's just awesome, and yet, and yet those that struggle with depression, this can be, this can be a, a season where you struggle with the blues like never before. How can that be? How, how can it be such a mixed bag for so many, so many people? I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you these five weeks about about the holidays, how we can come out of the holidays, listen, how we can come out stronger, how we can come out more in love with God, how we can come out resolving some of those difficulties, I'm going to talk about that today, some of those relational difficulties. The truth is sometimes we go into the holidays and one of the things we fear the most is, I say this respectfully, is the people that we know we're going to see. I mean, know what I'm talking about. Thanksgiving, yeah, wonderful food, football, and all that, but it's also, we've got to see that person. You fill in the blank. That relative that you know that you're going to have to see, and you know what happened last time, and you know what happened a couple years ago, and you know where the relationship is. Matter of fact, I was in a conversation this week with a very godly family, a very godly person, and he told me about some people that are coming over to the house in the estrangement between this one particular person and this other, and this one was saying, I'm not coming if this one comes. Ever been there before? It's where some of you are right now. So, so in one sense, you're excited, but there's that, that emotional, that anxiety on the inside because of relational tension. Maybe the truth is you're carrying unforgiveness. Maybe something was said to you, and you know that person's going to be there. And so you've got, here it is, you've got in a sense, in a sense you've got this, 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 this well, I'll call it this baggage that you're carrying around. Relational baggage, unforgiveness baggage, bitterness baggage. And the fact is, is that, is that you, you're traveling through and you're coming into the holidays and you're weighted, you're actually weighted down. Did you guys know as well that the day before Thanksgiving is the most, airport all across the, uh, America, it is the, the, the most traveled day. I mean, airports are full, matter of fact, all week, but a lot of people coming and going, but that particular day, Wednesday, there's something about that day. There's something about traveling. By the way, can I make a couple confessions? Because I'm the pastor. Let me just get it out. All right, y'all ready? Oh, gosh, honey, what is he going to say? Just hang on. I'm an overpacker. There's something, I don't know if it's a spirit of fear that lies to me or whatever, but I'm always nervous about not having enough clothes. And so I'm going somewhere four days. I'm packing for eight. Come on, anybody else? 
And, and I know that maybe that sounds a little bit wimpy. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to wear. And I'm not real good at that. I don't really pick things out real well. And so, and so I'll say, honey, so should I wear so I We'll just get a bunch of stuff. So, you know, it's funny. Now, now I say this. I know this is a stereotypical statement. She's my wife. She's amazing. She often has less bags than me. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. I'm, I'm still I'm dealing with that issue. I'm pushing through. I'll get to the airport. I've got like oversized things, you know, and of course you got to get those cards, you know, because you can't get, and you're, you're, you're driving, like, y'all stay on the curb. You know, I got all these kids. Y'all stay there. No, don't, don't wander off. Stay there. And I'll try to park, you know, and, and you know, I want to let my eight-year-old daughter park the car because I can't, I can't get everybody together. And so then, should we go in? Should we park here? Should we, what should we do? And then you want to get those little carts, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Those, those little like metal carts. You can't ever get them out. You know what I'm talking about? Then you get up there and you have no idea because it's always changing. I know this. I say this respectfully of all the airlines. It's always changing. You guys need to make up your mind. Are the bags free? Are they $5,000 extra per bag? What is it? Just tell us. We can handle it. We're big people. Matter of fact, I was fired up this week. I went to... Um, I, I, I was on a business trip, and I, I was, I'm on a board in a, a university, and I, I, I got into this, 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 I was so excited because I was just going to go one day, and so I had a carry-on. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I don't have to deal with the lines. I don't have to pick up any bags. I'm gonna, and I'm going on the plane. May God be my witness. This happened this week. And I was going on, and the lady says, not so fast. You don't, we don't have enough uh, uh, a bin space. You're going to have to check that one. I say, that's not from God. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, I just came out of my spirit. I was excited because I was traveling. Here it is. You guys ready? I was traveling light. The truth is, brags can slow you down. Baggage can slow you down. But when you don't have a lot of bags and you're not carrying a lot with you, man, you can move. How often it's so true in our own lives when we're carrying unresolved relational tension, when we're carrying bitterness, when we're carrying resentment, you talk about a bag. I mean, that, that, you're definitely going to pay extra. That's over 50 pounds. And when we're trying to carry it through life and, 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 and we're stumbling and we're bumbling. And, and the truth is, as wonderful as the holidays are, is that Sometimes the very people, listen, I want everybody to watch at all the campuses, sometimes the very people that we have these issues with, we're going to see over the next six weeks. How do we make it through? How, how, how do we navigate through this season? Not just this season. By the way, how do we go in? I, let me just tell you, I want to make a decision. I don't want to carry any relational baggage into 2019. How many of y'all want to travel light as we go into a new year? Anybody in here? I know I do. I, I want to I travel light. I'm going to be talking over these next five weeks about different themes, themes in, in the Bible that we can, quote, walk free, that we can walk and, 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 and travel lighter than, than, than we have before. Truth is, all of us have gone through this. I've had a season where I, I had an estrangement from one of my relatives, and, and I had to walk through that. I, I, I had a disappointment. I thought he said this, and then it was he thought this. And, and, and so I, I, I get it. I, I, I get it. We've all been there before, every single one of us. And I want to equip you in a sense. I want to equip you as your pastor to be able to help you so that, so that you can go literally with joy onto that property, into that room, 
with all of those people, watch this, and emotionally feel relaxed. See, when you travel light, let me tell you, I want everybody to hear this. When you travel light, it'll change your life. Let me tell you where I am in my life. I want to be a quick resolver. I want to be a quick repenter. I want to be a quick forgiver. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I know what it's like to carry around bags of resentment. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to travel light. Everybody say travel light. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to the book of Genesis. I, I want to talk to you about a guy very briefly, and then I'm going to give you three practical choices that we can make this holiday season to come out of the holidays and enjoy the holidays. I want to talk to you very practically about a person in the Old Testament who struggled with family relationship. Now, not necessarily something that he did, and that's how ironic this is. Sometimes, listen, sometimes it has nothing to do with what you did. Sometimes it's just because of who you are and maybe the, the calling in your life or the gifts in your life or, or, or how God's blessed your life or, or maybe you were taller than your sibling and they were shorter or, or, or maybe you had this or maybe you made better grades. I had a guy tell me one time, he says, Pastor, I was literally the butt of all the jokes and all the harassment of all my siblings. It's like it was all focused on me. I have no idea why. And I'm going to tell you something. By the way, you know that thing that we learned as kids? Sticks and stones may break my what? Say it. But words will never what? Say it. That's a lie. That's not true. You break a bone, truth is, all the orthopedic people know, that it can grow back stronger six weeks. But a comment that jars into your soul can last your whole life. That's why this stuff is not, hey, this is, this is not something that we play around with. We've got to understand that, number one, we, we, we want to be a blessing to others, but we want to make sure that we properly process when things are said to us, when things are done to us. We don't want to carry around that baggage. So there's a guy in the Old Testament, incredible story. I mean, just to, you, you talk about somebody that went through some stuff. I've preached on him many, many times, but I thought about family because I understand the family dynamic. Something about Thanksgiving where it's, it, 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 Christmas has a lot of immediate family, but, but, but Thanksgiving has like extended family, family, family. It's like there's all, it's just, there's something about that. And there was a guy in the Old Testament that dealt with a family issue. Again, there's something about when you get disappointed by a friend, but it's another level when you get disappointed by a family member. The pain of it. Because the closer somebody is, the more that they can hurt you. Truth is, if you walked out in your front yard and somebody was driving by and cursed you out, you'd be like, they're nuts. If it was a cousin, you're like, that ain't right. If it was one of your kids or your spouse, it'd be like, ooh, that really hurts. The closer somebody is, the closer in proximity, the closer relationally. One day, this young guy had a dream. And it was, a, it, was, it was a God dream. And he had in this dream where God showed him that one day all of his brothers were going to work for him. Now, I, I'm not suggesting that he exercised wisdom. He probably should have had a little bit more practical wisdom and application as he was sharing with his brothers because he goes to work one day. And, hey, guys, look, this is crazy, but I feel like God gave me this dream. And in this dream, one day God, well, dad's giving me the family business and all you guys are going to work for me. Y'all excited? <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to be fair. Well, guess what his brothers did? The next day he came to work, guess what they did? They said, oh, here comes the dreamer. 
And they all got together and said, you know, we're going to take him out. We're going to kill him. We're going to absolutely knock him out. One of his brothers, just one, said, look, I tell you what, let's don't do that because we kill him. Dad's going to see the blood. It's not going to be good. I tell you what, here's it. Let's dig a pit. Let's throw him in a pit. And they just kind of just hang out there and just, and just kind of get rid of him. And so they did that. They dig a pit, throw him in a pit. And then these, these slave traders come by and said, no, nope, let's do this. Let's get rid of him. Let's, let's. Now, remember, this is family. This is your brothers. This is your, this is your siblings. These are people that you grew up together. And, 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 and you had little toys together. And now they're putting you in a pit and they're going to sell you into slavery. Your brothers. That's exactly what they did. And Joseph was sold to the Midianite slave traders, and he ends up in Egypt. Can you imagine when they pull him off of the, the wagon, and it's like, where am I? And all he had in his mind, in his mind, watch this, all he had in his mind was a memory of seeing his brothers laughing at him as he was, as he was being pulled away. You talk about pain. How does a guy, how does a guy, listen, how does a guy make it in life when the last memories that you have of, not just one, by the way, not just one. Sometimes you can manage it if it's like one crazy brother or crazy sister, they get mad at you and they throw darts. How about the whole bunch? Are y'all with me? Some of y'all are feeling this right now because you're like, I can relate. The whole group comes against it. The whole sibling, I mean, this is the whole bunch. Why? God's favor is on his life. His dad gave him a coat one day. God's hand was upon him. He ends up in Egypt. God's favor is upon him there. By the way, this is it. Listen, news flash from the Bible. If God's hand's upon your life, no man can keep you down. God will always raise you up. How many of y'all grateful for that? Newsflash, that's for all of you guys. So just to let everybody know, it doesn't matter what man does to you, God will elevate you if you keep your heart right with, with, with God. Man can't keep down what God raises up. So what happens? God raises him up. Next thing you know, he's in this position of power in Egypt. Potiphar, who's one of the head honchos there in Egypt, his wife's got it, kind of the hots for Joseph. Goes there and makes a move on him. It's in the Bible. I'm just telling you, it's in the Bible. And makes a move on him. Joseph's like, no, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm not doing this. She rips his jacket off, and then she goes, and this guy tried to take advantage of me. Boop, he ends up in prison. Guess what happens? God's hands upon your life. No man can keep you down. God will always raise you up. God raises him up in prison, and this happens, and then another thing happens. He gets in trouble again, not anything he did. Then God raises him up again. Finally, he's number two in all of Egypt, in all of Egypt. There's a famine where the boys lived up in Israel, and now there's this long line that's stretching all around the block. And Joseph's in charge of the food distribution. Second most powerful man in all the world. The only nation that's got the food, and he's in charge of it. This person comes up, next person, next person. And Joseph looks up, and he realizes, these guys look familiar. These, these are, now they don't recognize him, by the way. He's speaking a different dialect. He's speaking Egyptian by now. But he understands what they're saying because he remembers Hebrew. Are y'all with me? So he gets them, but they don't get him. Oh, man. Genesis chapter 45. Here they come. 
The Bible says, then Joseph cannot restrain himself before all those who stood by him and cried out, make everyone go out for me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Matter of fact, if you read this whole story, the Bible says that he's, he's so overwhelmed and there's a lot to this, but he's so overwhelmed. He goes out of the room and he comes back. He can't stand it anymore. He's got to reveal who he is. And he's crying, he's weeping. Now remember, they can't understand him, but he can understand them. And the Bible says that he's crying, he's weeping. The Bible, and, and, and then he says this, here it is, here it is. And he wept and he wept aloud. And the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph, I'm Joseph. Does my father still live? Notice where his heart was. Notice, it wasn't filled with revenge. It was filled with concern. Where's dad? How's dad? Where, where's, where's dad at? Then Joseph said, I'm Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. Could you imagine what was going through their minds? I mean, I mean just think about it. If Joseph's heart's not right, if he's filled with bitterness, if he's filled with revenge, they're done. They're done. I remember one time reading in the book of Mark, you know, the Bible says, Mark chapter 11, whatsoever man shall say with his, you know, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and shut out down in heart. I thought to myself, if we really got everything we said, some people would be in trouble. Somebody cut you off, get rid of them. <laughs> Just think about that. There's Joseph. What do you do? And some of you guys are going to walk into some, 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 some dinner tables, and you're going to smile. Boy, I'm really pressing. You're going to smile, but you know that there's somebody that did something to you that's sitting on the other side. you got a choice to make. The Bible says that Joseph wept. He let all that year of pain, all that hurt, he let it out. And then he made some decisions. By the way, let me tell you guys something. Here's one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm learning as I've walked with God and just in life. I want everybody to see this. This is important. Hurt people. Listen to this. Hurt people. Hurt people. Hurt people. Well, why did they hurt? Why, 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 why did they throw them in the pit? Because they were hurt. They felt like their dad favored Joseph more than them. So they were hurt by their father. So then hurt people do what? They do what? Come on, say it. They hurt people. So Joseph understood this principle and he realized where his brothers were and what would happen. So he made a choice. He made a choice. I'm going to help you guys in my remaining 15 minutes. I want everybody to hear me at all of our campuses. I'm going to give you three strategic choices that you guys can make today. And by the way, this doesn't just last during the holidays, but I'm going to give you three strategic choices that you can make today. Why? Because every single one of us, Jesus promised that in this world, you're going to have stumbling. You're going to have, you're going to have offenses that come. You're going to have opportunities to be bitter, opportunities to be resentful, opportunities to be all. Listen, and you're going to have to make these choices. By the way, a choice is a choice. A choice may have a feeling attached to it, or it may not. If you and I live by our feelings, listen to me, this is important. Feelings are horrible dictators. They're only indicators. So if you let feelings, I will forgive when I feel like it, you'll never. All right, everybody say choices. 
Joseph made three choices, and I'm going to show you guys three strategic choices that we can make, number one, so that we can travel light through the holidays, and that we can enter into a new year a much, much freer. Number one, we've got to choose to pray for those that hurt us. Now, this is difficult, particularly if you want to pray, I'll pastor, I'll pray. I'll open up a book of Psalms, I'll pray a judgment prayer over their lives is what I'll do. I didn't say pray those prayers. Are you with me? You've got to learn to pray. Let's start by making that choice. How about to say decision? It's a choice that when somebody hurts us, when somebody wrongs us, the last response, the last thing that we are going to do, I mean, cognitively, you think the last thing that most of us are thinking is if somebody hurts us, I'm going to put them on my prayer list. Come on, can we be honest or not? And yet it's the very thing that Jesus tells us to do. By the way, if anybody is, if anybody is a model in this, think about it. I mean, the guy's born, Herod wants to kill him, all right? He's growing up in this whole deal. I mean, just think about this. There, 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 there's, there's, there's insecurity, I'm sure, within his family. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine being Jesus's half-brother? Just think about that for a moment. Jesus never does anything wrong. I mean, come on, are y'all with me? He grows up at 30 years old. You know, he's in this town. The very first, they try to push him off of a cliff. Then he's got all of these friends, 12 inner circle friends. One sells him for 30 pieces of silver. Uh, uh, 10 other ones abandon him and only one show up at the cross. That's John. Now remember, they're his friends. They're close, compadres. Yet the Bible says that when Jesus was on the cross, Luke 23, 34, the Bible says, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. What was he doing? He was praying for them. He wasn't just praying for the 12, but he was praying, he was praying for all. All those that whipped him, all those that beat him, all those that, listen to me, listen, I want everybody to hear this. All those that took advantage of him. Let me tell you why Jesus could do that. Jesus could do that because he understood the secret about life. Here it is, here it is. He understood that hurt people hurt people. Why do we pray and what do we pray? Number one, we ought to pray that God would heal their hurt. Every single person that you pass by, every single person, everyone has a hope, everyone has a dream, everyone has a hurt, everyone's carrying some level of disappointment. You ever had a conversation with somebody and like their reaction was like so disproportionate to like what you were talking about? And you're thinking, Okay, and, and, you're, and you're smart enough to know, okay, I think I'm a, I, I have a minority position in this reaction. Something else is going on in this person's life. You ever been there before? All of us have. Well, I'm gonna tell you why. Because everybody's got a dream. Everybody's got a hope. Everybody's got a hurt. Everybody's got some disappointment that they're carrying around. Jesus, the reason why he could pray for those that heard him, because he understood something about human nature. He understood that everyone has a dream, everyone has a hope, everyone has a hurt. Father, heal them. Father, help them. Father, forgive them. So number one, we've got to pray for them. Number two, the second thing that we need to do. So I want to say this. We ought to start praying for our family members right now. We ought to start praying Praying over our friends. Those that hurt you, put them on your prayer list. Number two, choose to forgive. 
That's a choice. It has nothing to do with feelings. <laughs> nothing at all. I'm telling you, if I've learned anything walking with God 30 years, forgiveness is not about my feelings at all. Choose to, choose to forgive. It's a choice. It's a decision that I make. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive men, I, had, I actually had somebody say, oh, pastor, what about the women? Don't, don't go there. That's mankind. Don't, don't, don't play cutesy with the Bible. Are you all with me? It's men and women, okay? If anyone, if anyone hurts you, forgive them, and your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive them, their sins against you, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. By the way, I've learned this, and I'm going to tell you, I've learned this the hard way, not the easy way. Some lessons I've learned easy. I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes I've just learned them easy, but sometimes I've been a slow learner. All right, can I just tell you all that? All right, I want everybody to hear this. This is important. Forgiveness, now this is, this is important. Forgiveness, everybody that's been to college, you're gonna get what I'm about to say. Forgiveness is not an elective course in Christianity. I'm not gonna take that, that's stupid. I'm not taking that, I'm not taking that, I gotta take this. I'm not taking that, I'm not taking that, I'm not taking that, I'm not, but I've gotta, I gotta take this. Okay, forgiveness is one of those thises. Are y'all with me? You can't elect to opt out. You can't just say, I'm going to keep pushing it off till I'm a senior. You can't just do that. It's a core competency course. You got to take it. It's required. Oh, wow. I guess I better learn how to do it then. Everybody say forgiveness. Somebody came to me one time and said, Pastor, okay, all right, I'll do this. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do it once. Like they're going to put God in a box. You know what I'm saying? Aren't you grateful that God says, I'm going to love you until you mess up once. I'll give you a chance once. But after that, it's over. Oh, thank God for his grace, man. I mean, I say all kinds of crazy things. I mean, I've done, I mean, thank God God didn't wipe me off. Matter of fact, one day somebody came to Jesus and said, Jesus, listen, how many times? Once, twice? How many times? How many times? He says, and he goes, he goes, this guy was feeling, he was feeling generous in his forgiveness. I'll do it seven. He says, how about 70 times seven? Now, I want to qualify something. When you forgive someone, it doesn't mean that you don't have healthy boundaries. It just means you no longer carry aught in your heart towards them. Is that okay to say? Okay, everybody say, Forgive. Okay, so what am I talking about? I'm talking about coming out of the holidays. I, I, I'm talking about coming into 2019 traveling light. I'm talking about maybe a carry-on, but that's going to be a very overnight thing. It's not going to weigh you down one bit. I don't want to be weighed down during the holidays. I don't want to be weighed down in January 2019. I want to be really proficient at this spiritual skill. Really proficient. I had somebody tell me one time, well, pastor, that's easy for you. You kind of live in a little bubble, you know. Somebody told me that once. I said, I said, really? So, oh, you know, you're not in the real world. You're right. Nobody ever says anything negative about me. Everybody loves me. No one's ever left the church ever. People think I'm just wonderful. I have to exercise that all the time. All the time. Let me give you the third and final one. And this one is so powerful. You guys, y'all learn anything? Come on, y'all learn anything? 
Three people? That's exciting. Y'all can just wave, be way down all Thanksgiving if not. I mean, come on now. All right, everybody say, listen, say, pray for them. Forgive them. Now, let's be honest. You can do that and not interact with them. Okay, y'all with me? Here's another level. Number three. Number three. Choose to bless them. Choose to bless them. This is proactive in nature. You, 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 you guys ready? Choose to bless them. We bless those who have hurt us. Look at what Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 19 to 21. Watch this. Here we go. Don't miss this. Oh, Pastor, this is so heavy. Are you sure about this? I don't even want to read this scripture. <laughs> Beloved. Don't you love when the, the Bible, Beloved. You're kind of relaxed and you're open. Beloved, he calls me that. Do not avenge yourselves. You're right. I shouldn't. Okay, I won't. But rather, give, give, give place to wrath. Oh, who's wrath? For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're taking care of all this. You're going to deal with them. You're going to really deal with them. And, and you're gonna, you're gonna, you, you may do all kinds of things to them. And all I got to do is pray for them, and I forgive them. They're in my prayer list, and that's it, God. And I pray once a year, and I'll just bless them. And, and, but, 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 but that's not the end of the story. Verse 20, here we go. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. I don't like the Bible. Here we go. If, the, if, if he is thirsty, give him a drink. Can I determine what goes in that drink? Come on, here we go. <laughs> but in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on their head. I like the Bible again. <laughs> I was really hurt by this person one time. Really hurt. By the way, all of our Mississippi people, you're hurt because I said something about fix. And let me just tell you something. Louisiana's under Mississippi in a lot of statistics. We love you. How many of y'all love the Mississippi people? Come on. Come on. We love you. You're amazing. Pastor Jeremy, y'all are awesome. Okay. I don't want them to be offended. Then they'll miss the whole message. Actually, I have to actually apply my message. Does that make sense? Listen to me. Somebody told me this one time, one of the most practical pieces of wisdom that I ever got. I, I was really feeling good about myself because I thought, man, I forgave this person. This person really hurt me big time. And a matter of fact, if I told you what they did, you would be in agreement that was wrong. You know we do that, right? We'll call people. We'll just keep calling people until we get somebody to agree with us that those people were wrong. <laughs> you know, we've got what's called the prayer of agreement. That's the offensive agreement. Come on, are y'all with me? We'll get four or five people, just keep, we'll just keep calling people until we get somebody to agree with us. Those people were wrong. One of my dear friends, he used to go, I can't tell you that story. I, I, I got to go. Let me get back to me. Anyway, so, so this wise person I shared with, I said, man, I'm really hurt by this situation. Listen to me. I'm giving this last key when we're, we're, we're done. And I said, I'm just hurting. This person did this to me. And they told me this, buy them something. Do you know how much they've stolen from me of emotional energy? 
They've stolen from me of my time, my men. Are you kidding me? They said, and that, but here's the problem. They said, I dare you to do it. So you're telling me this person that did this. You want me to tell you what they did? Y'all want to know? I can't do that in church. Bunch of gossipers. But anyway, so here. <laughs> so you're like, you really want to know, but you didn't want to say, you're like, yeah. Here it is. So I bought him this thing. I did it. I got it to him. And they sent me back a note. Then I responded. It wasn't like, I love you. <laughs> but our hearts melted just a little. I'm, I'm helping you. Our hearts melted just a little bit. Just a little bit. Some of you guys, I want you to think right now. Who has hurt you and offended you? Listen to me. I'm giving you a practical strategy. Pray for them. Forgive them. Bless them. This week, next week, I'm trying to get you free. Listen, I'm trying to get some of those bags off of your life. All right? So that we can travel light. How does this end up for Joseph? Let me tell you how it ends up for Joseph. You guys ready for this? So what happened to Joseph? Was it a big deal? Is this a big deal? It's a really big deal. Really big deal. The book of Genesis ends up in Genesis chapter 45 with this story. His brothers, and he has this big moment with them, and they're all crying. Oh, man, we did, oh, gosh, we should, oh, man, this shouldn't have happened. You know, and Joseph goes, time out. Let me just tell you guys something. Let me just tell you something. Look what he says in Genesis chapter 45. It says, so now it was not you who sent me here, but God. Do you know, do you know this is crazy? This is deep theology. This is heavy. I don't think God causes things, but I'll tell you what, God can use things. Do you know that sometimes the very offenses that have come in your life, if you'll respond right, let me give you the first thing that happens. You grow in the character of Christ. You grow in Jesus. You become like Jesus. We all want to be like Jesus, right? WWJD. What would Jesus do? Let me tell you what Jesus did. Jesus would forgive. Jesus would bless. Jesus did do that. But look what it says right here, verse 14 and 15. Then he fell on his brothers, Benjamin's neck, and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all of his brothers, every one of them. Here's the thing. Joseph was free, but Joseph was free in them. Sometimes when we hold people in bitterness, we don't understand that we're actually keeping those other people bound. And Joseph was kissing and hugging and said, guys, I love you. Can you imagine the release that they went through? Because they were tormented. Don't, don't, ever, don't ever forget this. The person that does those things, they're tormented too. But you've got the opportunity to be the bigger person. So, so what comes out of it? Here you go. Here it is. I'll close with this statement. Because Joseph was the bigger person, because he prayed, be, be, because he forgave, because he blessed, he gave them the grain. Guess what? The whole nation of Israel was birthed in that moment. The whole nation of Israel. Well, hey, what awaits your forgiveness? What's on the other side of your release? What's on the other side of your blessing? We'll never know. Let's step out and watch what God can do. Come on, y'all receive that? Let's stand. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for you guys. I'm gonna ask everybody to bow their heads. I'm gonna release you in just two minutes. Everybody, let's just, at all of our campuses, if we'll just bow our heads right now. 
I believe the Holy Spirit is here. I know he's here. His presence is here, his goodness. If you do not know Christ, the very first step in our relationship with God is when we actually receive forgiveness from Christ, when we receive cleansing from Jesus, when we trust him as our savior. I just wanna say this, if you're in this place today at any one of our campuses, those of you at the prisons right now, if you're not sure about your relationship with God, if you're not sure if you die today that you're ready to stand before God, I'm gonna pray for you. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says whoever calls upon, here it is, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, not the name of Steve, not the name of my uncle was a deacon or my wife's a Christian. No, 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 no. None of us can save you. Church of the King can't save you. Belonging to a church can't save you. Jesus saves. We call upon the name of Jesus. We shall be saved. Do you know Christ? Are you sure if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? With everybody's heads bowed on all of our campuses, I'm going to just pray with you right now. If you say, Pastor Steve, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm going to ask at the count of three just for you, right where you are. I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you, but right where you are, just to stick your hand up high at the count of three. Say, Pastor, I need Christ. I want to be at peace with God. If that's you, one, two, three, quickly hold your hand up high so I can say, God bless you right there, sir. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you guys right there. Anybody else? God bless you up top. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. God bless you, sir. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, church, let's pray together. Come on, let's pray with those that are trusting Christ. This is the most powerful prayer anyone can pray right here. Let's pray it together. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past. And I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Say this last thing. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me. Just give me 15 seconds. If you prayed and trusted Christ, there's a card behind your chair. I'm going to ask you to fill it out and check. I made a decision to follow Jesus. What do you do with the card? One of two things. Guest Central, Pastor Doug and a whole team are going to be there with some information. Also, our altar is open for anybody that needs prayer for anything after every service, okay? Let me pray a blessing. Father, I bless every man, woman, boy, and girl. I thank you that as we go into the holiday week, Lord God, the, the Thanksgiving season, we, we are grateful for you. We're grateful that we've been forgiven. God, now fill us with your spirit. Give us the power to choose, to forgive and to bless and to release. May this be the best Thanksgiving ever for all of these people in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said.